Hello, and welcome back to the Ibis World podcast. This is editor Kieran Newton, and once again, I am joined by lead analysts Devin McGinley. Hi, Kieran. And Taylor Palmer. Thanks for having me. Thank you guys for being here. We're going to be taking a look today at Hurricane Harvey and the effect that it is having on the Houston and greater Texas region. And we know that there's been a huge human cost to this. We're going to be focusing on the industry perspective, the the economic fallout. Since the storm made landfall on August 25th, there's been a huge human and also economic cost to the businesses and communities in Houston. Devin, how extensive has this damage been and how does it stack up compared to that of previous hurricanes? Well, it's still early, so it's going to be a while before we really know the full extent of the damage from Harvey. The recovery process is really in its early phases. Estimates have run as high as $190 billion. Uh, That was sort of the high end of the estimate from AccuWeather. Most of the damage estimates are in the range of $70 to $90 billion. To put that in perspective, in today's dollars, the cost of Hurricane Sandy was about $70 billion, and Katrina was about $160 billion. So we know that it's probably about as expensive in terms of property damage and economic disruption as Hurricane Sandy, but could be as bad as Katrina. And where is the largest economic impact of all of this? So we know that Obviously, construction is going to see some impacts from this. Right, sure. A good chunk of that damage is, you know, just short-term economic disruption, but it's also property damage, damages to homes, businesses, and infrastructure. So in the short term, the industries that are going to be most impacted by this are road and highway construction, water and sewer line construction, and transmission line construction for utilities. Those are... Typically, in the aftermath of storms, after housing, after businesses, those are the facilities and the infrastructure that's most impacted. In the longer term, about five months out after insurance money starts coming in, you'll see a big impact on the housing market, uh, housing construction, residential construction, as well as commercial construction in Texas. It's tough to compare this to some of the previous storms in the data. You know, Hurricane Ike hit Texas in 2008, sort of on the cusp of the housing crash. Oh, right. And Hurricane sure. Sandy hit New York in 2012, sort of at the peak of the housing recovery. Just as it was ending, right. So, you know, we saw residential construction increase 28.2% uh, in New York in 2013, the year after Hurricane Sandy hit. Mm-hmm. But not all of that is is hurricane related, and it's kind of hard to suss it out. We sort of have to go back to Hurricane Katrina and look at the jobs numbers to look at the real impact. And about five months after Katrina, you saw about 6.4% growth in construction jobs. So obviously, we know from previous storms that there's going to be an increase in construction a few months down the road. What are some things to look out for specifically in Texas? So Texas already has a very strong housing outlook. Uh, our forecasts as it stands today, and these, of course, don't take into consideration you know data that's come in since the storm. Sure. But our outlook is 7.2% average annual growth mm. in housing starts. That's almost double our national forecast of 3.8%. So one thing to look out for will be whether... the impact of Harvey sort of tempers that long-term migration and building in Texas. 
Another thing is that Houston is the fifth largest U.S. metropolitan area. It has about 4% of the nation's housing stock. So in the short term, as sort of home building slows and before the recovery starts, it's possible that we'll sort of see that have an impact on the national numbers for 2017. It's also unclear what the timeline for the recovery will be. When you have a storm like this, it can exacerbate labor shortages in the construction sector, particularly when you're rebuilding houses to sort of withstand the next storm. You can have sort of a shortage of the very specialized design and engineering occupations that plan, you know, elevating homes. One thing Houston does have going for it in that sense is sort of the lax zoning laws in the municipality, which, you know, in New York, post-Sandy, sort of construction codes and compliance with construction codes slowed down some of the recovery. So that might be a little bit different in Houston. And of course, the timing of these repairs, they kind of kick in as insurance money comes in. So the timing of these repairs is going to be impacted by insurance payouts and federal aid disbursements. Now, Devin, you already mentioned that insurance is going to play a pivotal role in this recovery process. So, Taylor, what is this going to look like? How is this going to shake out? And how long is it going to take for for this recovery to start? Well, yeah, Kieran, I think that as far as timeline goes, we're going to see markers happening and important things happening in a pretty broad range of timeframes. Like Devin said, that five-month period is very important. In terms of Hurricane Sandy, nearly 90% of all private insurance settlements were paid out for those Hurricane Sandy victims within that five-month time frame. Now, this is definitely going to be a long recovery process, but we already are seeing some money come into the Houston area. So on September 6th, Congress struck a deal to increase the debt limit and finance the government until December which included about $7 billion in stopgap funding, and that figure has already jumped up to about $15 billion. So this is a decent chunk of change, but damage figures are estimated at about $100 million or so, and while those things vary pretty drastically, we do know that that $15 billion just isn't enough to make up that difference. Now, a lot of people are under the impression that insurance is going to come in and really take up the bulk of the rest of it, But that's not necessarily the case, which could definitely slow down the recovery in the Houston area. So I think it's important to talk a little bit about flood insurance. The primary payee expected for this in terms of industries would be the property casualty and direct insurance industry in Texas. Now, a lot of property has been damaged by flooding and by the hurricane, and it really does stand a reason that you would call your insurance agent to file a claim and get that taken care of. But most property insurance actually doesn't handle flooding damage caused by hurricanes. In fact, the majority of the flood insurance that's undertaken in the United States is done at the federal level. So right now we're seeing federal money taking up the bulk of some of these recovery efforts. Why is that handled at the federal level as opposed to by private insurers? And what impact does that have on the industry landscape? So simply put, it's just not profitable for these private insurers to take care of flood insurance and to offer that to their downstream customers. So according to the National Flood Insurance Program, a government-backed program that offers flood insurance through FEMA, one inch of water in a house can run up costs up to $20,000, and the average flood claim in the United States was nearly forty grand last year. So it's a big expenditure for these property, casualty, and direct insurance companies to offer this flood insurance, and it really does open up these insurance companies to huge payouts because when one group of people is applying for aid money for these floods, it's usually an enormous group. In terms of the catastrophic damage done by these floods, 
huge swaths of the country are paying out at the exact same time. So it opens up insurance companies to major payouts, which is hard to incentivize them to offer flood insurance. As for the landscape specifically in Texas, what we know is that it's going to be a much longer recovery than it was for New York in Hurricane Sandy. In 2017, 80% of Houston homeowners lacked coverage against the effects of Hurricane Harvey, whereas nearly 55% of the homes in high-risk areas on the eve of Hurricane Sandy were covered. So we're looking at a pretty staggering gap in the amount of people that are going to be able to apply for relief and apply for aid through their insurance companies in Houston versus in New York during Hurricane Sandy. So there's a pretty big shortage of homes in Houston that are covered even by this federal money. But for that 20%, we can still see some pretty long lead times before the recovery is actually felt in full force. So 74% of homes in New York City for the Hurricane Sandy rebuilding effort have been completed. And that's a five-year time frame from when the hurricane hit in New York. That's still going on today. Yeah, that's still going on today. So we can expect that even within this 20% of homes, many of them aren't going to be built for, for quite some time. So long term, five years out from Hurricane Harvey, what are we looking at in terms of effects on the insurance industry in Texas? Well, right now, Ibis World estimates that revenue is going to grow in that industry by 1.2% annualized to $57.4 billion over the next five years. And to be honest, while it seems like an event like this would have a pretty big impact on the industry, we're not looking at too much change, to be honest. These companies aren't covering much flood insurance to begin with right now. And because much of that is actually subsidized through the federal government, we're not really going to see a long-term shift in demand for flood coverage from these companies in the first place. While the vast majority of the damage done by Hurricane Harvey isn't going to be covered by these insurance industries, we are going to see a pretty sizable uptick in the short term. So payments are going to increase, and there is going to be a lot of money coming out of these insurance companies into the hands of of the victims of Hurricane Harvey. So we are very likely to see a short-term dip in profit in this industry in Texas. But over the mid and long term, I, I wouldn't really forecast that much of a difference. Now, up until this point, we've been focusing on industries that are concerned with households and, and their recovery. But Devin, where are we going to be seeing the commercial impacts of this storm? Again, much like households, businesses are going to see some property damage, damage to equipment, particularly when you're talking about utilities and communications companies. It's hard to say, again, at this point, since we're so early in this recovery process, we don't have a lot of data. But if we look to Hurricane Sandy, which is sort of the most recent and most comparable event, 80% of businesses damaged during that storm were open within two weeks. Weekly new jobless claims in New York and New Jersey about tripled from 35,000 to over 100,000 after the storm, but the spike only lasted about a month. So for most businesses, the disruption was fairly temporary. You know, manufacturers that had their plants damaged maybe had, you know, a short-term drop in output, but they made it up over the ensuing months. Where you see the impact is really in tourism, because these are one-time things if somebody doesn't go to the beach one summer, there's really no way to make up that revenue. Right. Sure. You can't just increase production of tourists. Exactly. So tourism losses from Sandy totaled almost a billion dollars, $950 million for New Jersey. And the hardest hit places were accommodations, food services, and recreation. Retail industries also saw some impact, but 
Again, people may have delayed purchases in the aftermath of the storm, but retailers, for the most part, made it up. And in New Jersey, tourism was sort of the sector that had the longest term impact because you have rental properties being taken off the market due to damage. You have just sort of bad publicity, for lack of a better word, in the aftermath of a storm. So it's a longer term impact. And tourism is important in Texas. Tourism spending is about twice that of New Jersey, and it's obviously spread across a bigger state. But Houston's been growing very strongly in tourism spending, according to the city. They saw 10% growth in visitors from 2015 to 2016. They were expecting about the same in 2017. Houston and the Gulf region in general is sort of one of the big tourist destinations in Texas. So obviously that growth is going to take a significant hit. Yeah, you would you would expect that. And that has ripple effects across the state economy. Tourism supports a lot of jobs and a lot of spending elsewhere in the economy. And one of the things about Texas that we don't really have a recent comparison to is its oil and gas sector, which could have ripple effects across the nation that we haven't really seen as much from other storms. 44% of petroleum refining industry revenue is generated in Texas. A majority of the state's activity in that industry is concentrated in Houston in the Gulf region. And as these refineries have been taken offline due to flooding, due to damage, we've seen nationally a 32% increase in the price of gasoline. And that's been particularly acute in places elsewhere in the South that are supplied by these Texas refineries. You saw big increases in Georgia, the Carolinas, Tennessee, Florida, and Alabama. And this is a big deal, not just for the sector itself, but for consumers generally. So the general assumption is that for every one cent increase in the price of gas over the course of a year, that takes away $1 billion in consumer spending that would have gone elsewhere. So as the impact of lower production at refineries in Texas impacts the national price, we're going to see that ripple out to consumers sort of nationwide. The other angle to this is that about half of petroleum exports go through ports in Houston and Corpus Christi, which were directly in the storm's path. And exports of refined petroleum products have declined over the past five years just because of the decline in oil prices, but they've become more important to the domestic oil and gas sector. They've become a greater share of revenue there. Well, clearly there's going to be a lot of negative economic effects. Is there any industry that we can point to as being able to withstand the effects of this storm? Absolutely, Karen. There are a handful of industries that can withstand the effects of Hurricane Harvey, and there are even some industries that are a little anomalous and are going to see revenue grow. So while many people in Houston are going to be reaching out to their property insurers and finding some gaps in the coverage from the damage caused by Hurricane Harvey, that's not necessarily going to be the case for a lot of auto insurers. So auto insurance plans are going to end up covering the vast majority of the money in damages that are going to be caused by flood damage to cars. So the Insurance Council of Texas's Matt Stilwell noted that 100,000 claims on auto insurance were already filed by August 31st. Warren Buffett noted that GEICO alone could see over 50,000 insurance claims on cars covered by them. So what we're likely to see in the aftermath of Hurricane Harvey is an increase in people with the funds given out by their insurance companies to go and purchase new cars. So Ibis World expects the new car dealers industry in Texas to grow by roughly 0.9% in 2017 and 1.9% in 2018. Now, with the changes affected by Hurricane Harvey, 
we're likely to see those figures jump pretty drastically. So there are going to be a few industries involved in the cleanup from Hurricane Harvey that are actually going to see demand grow as well. We're talking about industries like the marine salvage industry or the environmental remediation and cleanup services industry that are going to have an increase in demand due to some of the wreckage from Hurricane Harvey. So operators in those industries can expect a little bit of demand growth as well. Yeah, so the takeaway here is that in the short term, we're going to see probably a contraction in the regional economy that given the size of Houston's economy relative to the nation, will probably have a national impact as well. But in the longer term, most of that is going to get made up. So according to Citigroup, they expect about a 0.3 percentage point decrease in quarterly GDP growth this quarter. But they expect that most of that will be made up and that U.S. GDP will see about a 0.2 percentage point boost in the first quarter of 2018 as the recovery gets going. So there will be a rebound. It'll just come a couple of months down the line. Yeah, in in terms of the economy. yeah. Yeah, and as soon as the economy ramps up, the sooner people can get back on their feet. And if you want to help that process get started, Ibis World encourages you to find a charity, donate what you can to help Houston and Texas and the region in general get back on their feet. That's going to do it for us this week on the Ibis World podcast. Thanks so much to Taylor and Devin for walking us through the effects of Hurricane Harvey. This is Kieran Newton. Thanks so much and join us next time.